Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. In discussions about unity, it's easy to get so caught up with side issues that we miss the very center of it all, Jesus himself. Today, as we continue the One Table series, Francis, Lisa, Vince, and Joe open their hearts to talk about who Jesus is to each of them, what they love about him, and what it means for our unity when we move beyond Jesus to focus on other things. We pray that this episode is an encouragement and a reminder to you of the most important relationship you can ever have. Well, it's kind of interesting because we haven't even put these talks out there yet, and people are already asking for us to discuss certain things and topics, you know, like, hey, why don't you guys talk about infant baptism? Or, you know what I've always wanted to, you know, like, what do these guys really believe? And, and, and so before we go, it's very easy to hit all these topics and have a list of things we want to talk about. But I think what happens in the church is we get excited about all those topics and we don't go back mm. to what's central. And that gets us in a lot of trouble. And that's what I that's what I love about some of the ancient church. Mm. There were fewer words. And it always brought you back to the body and blood of Jesus. And so I thought for this session, without jumping to another topic, mm. uh, I I'd like to go to like, what is the most important thing to us as human beings? It's this connection to Jesus. It's the fact that we know Jesus and, uh, and to have it, I mean, for me, I I feel a lot like, uh, you know, like in John six, where everyone's leaving Jesus and he looks at his disciples and, mm-hmm. and he's like, are you guys going to go too? Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, where do you, where do you go? Like you have the keys to eternal life. Like I, it's not even a consideration. It doesn't even make sense like to jump to something else. Like he had this clear understanding in his, in his mind, in his heart from the spirit that, this is the most important relationship on earth. Yeah. So these people could leave you, but I will never leave you. And I guess when I think about my relationship with God, that's one of the first things that comes to my mind. It's like, I, where else do I have to be? Where, where could I go? Mm-hmm. He's got the keys to eternal life. Like, this is not like, my relationship with you guys or even with you it's it's we're humans talking about stuff and and now we're talking about the one who has the keys of eternal life and i know him and so this relationship and this commitment's on a different level and and so that's why i just I'd love to hear from all of you, like when you hear the name of Jesus, like what does that mean to you Um, mentally, but from your heart and from you as a person? um, 
like what comes to mind when you hear Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> like, <whoa. laughs> but I, oh, I mean, but I love that we're starting here um, because I could, do you remember we um, we when we've been living in a, in America for about a year and we the two of us had had been uh, doing some uh, evangelism actually in uh, in Victoria in British Columbia and then we had a couple of days away afterwards and um we went out for for lunch and we were just trying to pick a restaurant but for some reason I was in this place of like overwhelming stress where even trying to figure out where we were going to eat was sending me into stress on a vacation day and, and we finally sat down to lunch and we you know we were talking I'm a verbal processor sometimes I don't know how I'm feeling until it sort of comes pouring yeah. out and, and so I was I was talking to Vince I was trying to figure out like where is this panic coming from because I felt like I couldn't really breathe and um and and what came out of my mouth as I was talking which I didn't know was going to come out until I said it was I was kind of reflecting on the last year of moving to the states and the church and evangelism and the work we've been doing and everything and suddenly I found myself just saying I just really miss Jesus and then I burst into tears and I was like whoa like I didn't I didn't know that was there but as I was talking it out like I just suddenly realized that since we moved to the states and this isn't a criticism of but it, it was it was being in a different church context and trying to navigate so much that was foreign mm -hmm. to me and suddenly like denominations seemed a much bigger deal here like the questions that mm -hmm. I was getting and and so it felt like more in some ways there was more division and then everything was so much bigger like I get into a church and I'm from little England where everything's just a bit shabbier and smaller but more simple in the church mm -hmm. and you know you'd go to a um like a church and I couldn't even mm -hmm. get up onto the platform to, to give the talk, let alone how huge the platform was. I'm looking at these things and thinking, I don't know, I shouldn't be on a platform like that. And But I couldn't even get up the steps at the front. You had to do like a 10 minute walk through the green room to like, you know, and the whole thing was just like, whoa, it's this, this kind of scary celebrity, big, divisive in some ways thing. And I um, I just felt so overwhelmed and I felt like I was in a, a kind of ocean and trying to like swim. <laughs> um, and so often in my life, I've thought of like the metaphor of a Christian life is like kind of like surfing in the Holy Spirit. And I was trying to just swim in the waves and this kind of freedom, but I felt like there was so much debris and stuff floating past me that I couldn't swim in it. And um, and and that's how it felt like. It felt like all of this stuff, but I was like, I can't see Jesus clearly in all of it. And um, and I felt exactly what you said, that somehow is it that Christianity is Christ and yet somehow like Jesus can get lost in it all. But it took me back to uh, one of my earliest experiences of evangelism in the UK, um, where I just really got into sharing my faith. I was like 13 years old and in my high school, there weren't many Christians. And so I thought, oh, I'll start a Christian group um, so I can tell people uh -huh. about Jesus. And the first one, a few, not many people showed up, but a few did. So I was encouraged and started, you know, started talking about like, what is Christianity? And then one of the people said, well, you know, I think it's just really about being good. It's about morality. So I kind of tried to gently say, well, actually like... It, you know, it's that's not really mm. it. But then this other person said, well, I just find it so offensive how exclusive it is about mm. saying you need Jesus. And somebody said, well, you know, I think Christianity would just be better if we just took Jesus out of it. Like, let's just do away with Jesus. Do, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is my first Christian group. And I wanted to cry because I just thought already people are trying to kick Jesus out of the Christian club. And yeah. but it just but the words came to mind from a British evangelist called J. John, who would say, like, if you take Christ out of Christian, all you're left with is 
Ian and Ian can't help anybody. <laughs> so there's in this moment of being like, this is funny and tragic, right? Like this is crazy, but but that's it, right? Like you can't you can't have Christianity without Christ. And yet I thought, well, we work so hard to tear him out, like whether it's the church with debris or whether it's non-believers who are trying to pull him out because we just, we want to do it ourselves. We want to save ourselves. And I just was sitting there thinking, God, like you have come to save us and we work so hard <laughs> to like remove you from the equation. I was like, we're so ungrateful. Like we, we focus all the time on how terrible Christianity is because it's so ex exclusive. But then like the more I'm seeing of the world and the mess in my own heart, the more I'm just coming to a place of like, oh my goodness, like someone came to save us. Like there's actually a way to be saved. And that's the miracle. Like it's not, oh, this is so offensive because it's so exclusive. It's like, there is a way to be saved. And that's who Jesus is. Anyway, sorry, that was a lot, but that, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh. Awesome. I remember that, that moment vividly. I had almost forgotten it. <laughs> It's like, Whoa. you know, when you don't see something coming at once, and all of a sudden it's lunch, just, you know? Joe didn't know it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. I was like, okay, it's going to be a long lunch. <laughs> do you remember what you ate? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I do remember some odd looks, but it's fine. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I felt overwhelmed thinking about today's podcast because... Like Jesus is not part of my life. Mm. Like he's he's everything. It's like how do you in a few minutes in a podcast encapsulate everything? Like Jesus is like the ground I'm standing on, you know, not just some component. I was thinking about that last night, and then I woke up this morning and I felt like it was a real gift from God, the way that our son Raphael, who's you guys know, who's three three years old, the way he greeted me this morning, he came bursting into the room, opened the door, and he goes, Dada, I love you. <laughs> I said, I love you too, son. And then he said, Dad, I want to be with you. And I said, great, come up here. He climbed up the bed, and he, he, cr he crawled into bed with me, and, uh, and he just, like, I could feel his body up against mine, and he just, like, lay there. He just wanted to, you know, be near me. And then... Uh, eventually he started moving around and then he said dad he said are, are you too warm mm. <laughs> and I said no I'm okay but I could see he was like going over to the air conditioner if I was too warm <laughs> he was gonna hit the air conditioner and he said dad you thirsty I said yeah I'm, I'm a little thirsty and he went over I had like some Gatorade on the side table and he got the Gatorade he said you have a sip <laughs> then and then he said and then then he said um he said dad i want you to tell me a funny one <laughs> and so i'm like making up jokes yeah, and yeah. they're terrible I mean, they weren't even jokes they're terrible but i <laughs> but as i was jokes are, but as i was yeah, yeah they were they were, wouldn't even qualify as dad jokes but as i was telling him i was just thinking anything that comes out of my mouth he is just going to delight in like he just he just wants to hear me speak to him and then he finally drags me out of the room and he says, Dad, I want to play with you. And then he goes, come here, sit, sit here. He sits me down by his Hot Wheels racetrack and then he wanted to play together. And I just felt like it was a gift this morning because it's just like, that's, that's who Jesus is to me. And I was just thinking about, you know, in Matthew where, where Jesus says, unless you change and become like little children, you can never enter the kingdom of, of heaven. And it was just this beautiful image of mm -hmm. Raphael 
just the first thing he wanted to do in the morning was to run into the room and tell me he loved me. He felt secure doing that because he knows how much I love him. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to be with me. He just wanted to just to be there, just mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. next to me. And then he wanted to serve me. He wanted to see if there was something he could do for me. You know, am I too warm? Do I, do I need a drink? And then he wanted to hear me speak to him. He's just saying, tell me another funny one. Tell me another funny one. And regardless of what I said, he just, he trusted it was funny. Even if he didn't understand what I said, he just trusted my words and he delighted in them. And then out of that, he pulled me out of the room and he wanted to do things together, you know, that we can enjoy together. And sometimes I think I make, you know, faith overcomplicated, but at the core, that that was a picture this morning of, of who Jesus is to me. Just the one when I wake up in the morning, I, I often say out loud, I love you today, Lord. You know, even before I've kind of really gotten into prayer, it's just the first thing I want to say, you know, out of my mouth and, and the security to be able to do that because I'm so confident in his love for me and that I can just say to him, I want to be with you and not have any fear of rejection that he might not want to be with me. Just an incredible gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking how hard it is sometimes for many people. I think to to be affectionate towards people, and so my heart is feeling like, oh, I hope that people would realize how much strength there is in in verbalizing their affection to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That there's. Even like affection and also yes. I'm thinking humility of, of I'm sorry. You know how hard it is to like mm-hmm. say I'm sorry to someone that you mm-hmm. love? Like yes. sometimes mm-hmm. Francis is the hardest person for me to say I'm sorry to, which is so lame. But like to be able to, to come to Jesus with both, like I love you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And also I'm sorry, Jesus, when yes. I have offended him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the most intimate relationship. And when we... And like any sin in our life grieves him, right? So it's being willing to say, I'm sorry, and also being willing to say, I love you. And as a child, I, you know, many people have heard me talk about my amazing grandmother, mm-hmm. but um, her love for Jesus and her willingness to so often express her affection really impacted me and made me think, wow, Jesus must be so awesome, you know, the way she <laughs> talked about him. Um, and so I find myself going from like, when we were, you know, thinking about coming to talk about Jesus, I have these flashbacks of as a child, when I would lay in bed at night and I had always heard, you know, you ask Jesus into your heart. So I would lay there and open the door of my heart Mm -hmm. and I'd wait long enough till I could picture Jesus walking through the door (laughs) into my heart because I never wanted to close it too soon. You know, and when I felt like enough time had passed, I'd close the door. And, you know, it was like, even like such a funny statement, you know, ask Jesus into your heart, which is not in scripture. But even that, I'm like, thank you, Lord, that that struck me as a child. And it's God's spirit at work in me that made me want to be like, Jesus, I want Jesus in my heart. I want to know this person. And as a child, I didn't really know much about him other than that. He died for me. Mm. But as I've grown and walked with Jesus for many years, I'm just like overwhelmed by his humility, just Mm. completely overwhelmed um, and shocked 
like when I think of how difficult it is to be offended yes. and wronged. And so I think constantly about like his example. I'm like, I'm so thankful. Who is Jesus? He's my, he's my example. He's like the one I want to follow. He left the pattern for us to follow, you know, after rescuing us. But then we just, I constantly look back to it like, wow, consider what he gave up and who he was to his disciples and to, to the people who spit on him and ultimately put him on the cross. And I'm just floored by how, by that his majesty is just so overwhelming and I, I can't even understand it. And I'm so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And I so want to be more like him. And my, our youngest son, he actually prays this prayer all the time, but I'm so glad he does because it reminds me all the time, you know, Jesus, make us more like you. Help us be more like Amazing. you. And so I'm like, yes, Lord, yes. Because <laughs> I know I need to be more like that. Because it's the to me, it's one of the most beautiful things about Jesus is yes. his humility. Mm. So I got to hear your son pray yesterday. Mm. It, uh, what came pouring out of his heart was, it was honestly so beautiful. But I, I love that you, it sounds like you had that same desire in you that God had put in you as a child mm. just to be open uh, to that. Um, but it's funny you, you mentioned that, Lisa, because Philippians 2 was the one verse I had open this morning. I was thinking about what do I, mm. what do I love? Mm. I mean, there, there's so much I love about Jesus, but yes. I love his humility. Um, and just, you know, where it says in 2 verse 5, um, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, um, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, mm. even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord mm. to the glory of God, the Father. Mm. And it's, it's interesting to me how the very thing that I find most beautiful about him is often the thing I think people despise the most Mm -hmm. about him. I remember, was it Richard Dawkins? I think in a debate with um, John Lennox about, you know, Christianity, Dawkins is an atheist, John Lennox is Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Dawkins was reflecting on the resurrection and the Mm -hmm. crucifixion. He said, um, he said of it, it's so uh, petty. It's so trivial. It's so earthbound. It's so Mm -hmm. local. It's so unworthy of the Mm -hmm. universe. Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, he's looking at the cross and thinking that's so weak, you know, mm. like if God was going to come, that's how he did it. And he's thinking, think of the majesty mm. of the universe and the stars and everything. And then this like pathetic, humble little cross. And, you know, mm. and I was thinking, well, you know, um, Jews demand signs and Greeks demand wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, mm. you know, stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those whom God has called the power of God and the wisdom of God. But somehow that the power and the wisdom of God is is in that, like Mm -hmm. this, this overturning. But then the more I look at the misuse and abuse of power Mm -hmm. and this, like, I like nasty climb to the top and the way we like crush each other and, and all the people who are, who are like smashed beneath Mm -hmm. the feet of other people in this world. Mm -hmm. And the more I'm like, that is the the only way to be. And that is Mm -hmm. the only 
beautiful way to be like the downward <laughs> um, movement of God yes. when everyone else is like clambering, you know, mm. this arrogance being like, we can just climb the mountain. All paths are the same. The view from the top is the same. We're just climbing the mountain to God. And I'm like, the arrogance and thinking we can mm. climb that mountain mm. and who cares who we like tread on on the way. And then God is like, you cannot climb this mountain. Like the only way is for me to, to come down to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm like, nothing else meets mm. our brokenness. It was a a woman I met a few years ago, um, actually at the Dallas Country Club. It was this like very posh like women's event. Um, but then in the Q and A, the first question um, came from her. She got up to the microphone and she she said, um, "I was actually um, trafficked in this city of uh, of Dallas for twenty years. I was put into it by my own parents, and then." Later on in the evening, she she rolled back her sleeves and she showed me you know, the uh, like the burn marks on her skin mm. from people putting cigarettes out on her and um, and the rope burns where she'd been tied up and then the scars from where she tried to kill herself and mm. it was just horrifying like looking at this woman and um, but her question had been what does the church have to say to somebody like me mm. and the, the the only thing I could think of in that moment was yes, you have been trampled and abused and crushed under like the, the wheel of this world, mm. but there's a God who came down and is actually like crushed with you and, and mm. died on the cross for you and actually like suffered in that and actually has scars. Like you have scars, but Christ has scars. And like that's, mm. you know, there's no other God that has those. Um, mm. And I, I love this poem by First World, um, First World War One. Um, soldier called Edward Schiller, it's called Jesus of the Scars, but the last line he just says, um, the other gods were strong, but that was weak. They rode, but you stumbled to a throne, but to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And not a God has wounds, but thou alone. And it's just something about that. Mm. Like what other God has wounds, but Jesus. And so I'm like, you are the only one. You are unique. You are so humble. Mm so loving mm. <laughs> it just oh. blows my mind mm. yeah I don't I don't remember who said <laughs> this um, but the quote was when you are pushed to your visceral limit the real you comes out when you're sort of pushed to that point of greatest frustration or anger or greatest suffering or intensity of pain and you know it's just thinking Jesus on the cross forgive them um, forgive them <laughs> And then he turns to his mother and makes sure she's going to be cared for by his disciples. And then he turns to this criminal next to him and has this conversation with him and and saves him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And it's amazing that it's then, you know, quite to the contrary of what Dawkins says. It it says in the scriptures, when the centurion who stood there saw how Jesus died, he knew he was the son of God. When they saw Jesus in that humble state, the real him coming out in those moments of of greatest pain and mm-hmm. and intensity and it was it was so beautiful that someone standing there watching said this must be the son of god yeah it's interesting that john alex's response to dawkins in that debate mm-hmm. was um he you know he gave a response and then said the only real question is not um whether he's worthy of the universe but whether the universe is worthy of him mm-hmm. <laughs> the answer being no mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's interesting like hearing you guys talk about Jesus and you it's, it's it feels a little different for me um in a good way I mean it's where I, I don't know for some reason I just 
Um, maybe maybe it's like you know in theology how they talk about the communicable attributes and the incommunicable. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like yes. a lot of people are love his communicable attributes. Like I, you know, his mercy, I can be merciful. He's humble, I can be humble. Mm-hmm. And it's for some reason in my life, it's like the incommunicable attributes of God that make me love him. Mm. And that may be weird for people to hear, cool. but there's something about him just being like so far beyond. Mm. And and that even like speaking about him right now, <laughs> I'm like, oh, what do I say, God? Because it's it's not like, okay, which plant do you like most? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if these are real, but okay, they're not. Okay, really, this one looks very real. Okay, but you know, we can we can have a oh, I like this about this one because it's kind of curvy. Oh, I like the points, you know. But they're they're things that are beneath us, you know. At least yes. we think they are. They're, they're like typically when we describe something and evaluate something, it's almost like that thing is below us and we're giving our opinion of it. Mm -hmm. And so it feels weird to talk about God for me. Like Mm. he's not someone I can just describe. Like, here's what I like. You know, it's, it's like, and I know that's biblical and it's, but there's this other side of me that what I love about him is I, I don't even have the right, I almost feel like I don't have the right to describe him because Mm. I I describe things that are equal to me or below me. I don't, Mm. I don't, you know, when scripture says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. I mean, obviously I could just read the whole book of Colossians, but it's it's <laughs> like, I can't even, yes. I don't even know what rulers and authorities and dominions and and he's just in this other realm. And that's why when I speak with him, how do you describe that? How do you hmm. compare that? And uh, And I know scripture does it. I'm just not good at it, but I I just love that he's so far beyond us. And I've had those moments, like like when you were describing that restaurant, where there's so many other pressures and everything, and I and there is that childlike God. I want to get back to the 15 year old Francis mm-hmm. who just finally understood your love for me and I just like I get it I get it (laughs) but then you're pushed into all these other conversations about all these other things that are adult conversation now and it's mature and and uh, so let's talk about these because I'm more educated now and I've had experience and and there's that side that's like Jesus I just want to be in a room with you or in a cave with you and and just it, it, so I guess it is kind of this extreme of 
yeah. this heightened like ah, oh. yes. and then this other like I just want to be a little kid and um, talk to you and how to bring those two things together. I guess is the fascination to me is like wow, I'm so scared to talk about him because mm -hmm. I'm scared I'll belittle him and talk about him like I talked about my dinner last night. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to do that. And yet at the same time, I do want to talk to him in this, the most honest, childlike, he already knows I have nothing that I can impress him with. So let me just talk to you like I did when I first understood you. Yes. Or, you know, as a little kid when I was just getting glimpses of you. You remember when um, our friend had a t-shirt that said, Jesus is my homeboy? Yes. And it was really frustrating for me. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to like rip the shirt off of him. But that that's not a very it. loving yeah. response now, is it? That was not very Jesus-like. But Well, he did have a moment in the temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. But there's... It's, I, I hear what you're saying, like, we're carrying this, you know, he's the great high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses, you know, and he tells mm. us, approach the throne of grace, like the throne, which in, it makes us know this is a king, you know, to receive mercy and help, like, so it's this amazing, beautiful, like yes. high, and yet why does he reach so low to come to us? But and how do we make sure we don't trample that and disrespect that? Oh, Jesus is my homeboy. It's like, no, he's not. He's your great high yes. priest. You know, mm -hmm. he's the firstborn of all creation. You know, all things were made by him and through him and for him. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there's this like defensiveness of mm -hmm. don't. Yes, Jesus is your friend, but don't let's not take that lightly. You know, the yes. closeness, the Absolutely. okay, my that experience you have with your son. It's so real. Even holding my grandbaby yesterday during church, I was yes. having like just this wonderful communion with the Lord, thinking, Lord, this is what it is, like this resting in you, this helpless babe. That's why I was so struck by just our helplessness. We are so helpless. Yes. We mm. need the Lord who is our helper, mm. you know? Um so yes, I trying to hold all, all of that. <laughs> yeah, you know? Speaking of Revelation 3, uh, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. And so it's like both of those things together. It's like the throne of heaven mm. and what could be further beyond us, but then the right for us to sit. Like not even on something next with it, that intimacy of, of a child with mm. a father to sit with him on the throne. Mm. And I was just, you know, even as we're talking so much about unity, I was just realizing this is so relevant because what, what could be more impossible to unite than what we're talking about right now? Like how transcendent God is mm -hmm. and how much we have to tremble at even the privilege of speaking his name. Mm -hmm. And then him being <clears throat> with us and being able to empathize with us because he's been through what we've been through and he calls us friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Those two things, like a divine nature and a human nature, if, if any two things can't be united, it's those. Mm. 
and our God has done that. Mm. And, and I was just appreciating the relevance mm. of that as we then, as we've been pushing into all these other debates mm. and all these other things that we think are mm. too disuniting. Oh, we can't possibly worship mm. together. We can't possibly be mm. in community together because mm. you think this and I think that. You're like this and I'm like that. Mm. It's like this is the God who brought divine nature and the mm. human nature together mm. in a single person. Mm. If he can unite in that way, mm. then our conflicts, our disagreements, okay. the things that divide us mm. are not too big for him. Gosh, and it's, that's so minimizing of Jesus, isn't it? It's like, yeah, sure, we have Jesus in common, but this stuff, as yes, if Jesus yes, was yes, like yes. so much uh, bigger than than all the rest of it. It's just a little scary that, oh, just so challenging what you said, Prince, about the little things and mm. then... And we act like now I'm a mature Christian. I can talk about this mm -hmm. theological whatever. And yeah. it's like, well, we've moved beyond Jesus now. You yes. know, we're beyond like Jesus loves me. This I know the Bible tells me that. That's what we sang in a crib once, you know, at some point in life. But now we're like, it's just a bit gross, isn't it? And I, but it scares me because I feel like we use Jesus. You know, like even like it was interesting living um you know, for a while in the South and meeting a lot of Christians who really love Jesus. So many mm. like genuine believers who just love the Lord, but also people for whom going to church on a Sunday is part of the culture. And mm. you talk about being saved in this very flippant way, but it was almost as if, yeah, Jesus saved me, but now we're over that part. I'm Now we can go our own way, you know? Mm. And I was like, no, we're not, Jesus didn't just save us from something. He, he saved us for something. And what he saved us for was himself. Like there's no going beyond Jesus, like he is mm. the destination, he is the end, he is the alpha. And the, I mean, it's just, we, we were thinking this morning about John 17, verse three, and you know, this is eternal life to know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, he has sent, like that is it. There's no like theme park of heaven, <laughs> like you just yes. go enjoy the rides, like Jesus is life, like he is all of it. Mm. Um, but it's frightening that we treat him like a stepping stone mm. to something else. Wow. I mean, it's just so encouraging to hear you guys talk about him. I just, people need to do this more. Yeah. Uh, I was just in a worship gathering Friday in Texas and, they wanted me to just do a prayer on revival or for revival or something like that. And so I'm just praying like, Lord, what do you want me to say to you? And it, it hit me. I thought, wow, Lord, like here I am. I, I was thinking about 15 years old, somewhere around there is when I really fell in love with Jesus. And now 40 years later, 55, I'm still going, God, there's nothing I want more on this earth right now. And it's, I, I, I go, what? Your grace that had me believe that at 15 and I still feel that way towards you yes. at 55. And please, Lord, however long I have left on this earth, may I just keep feeling this because you've given me a clarity that Everything is so temporary except for you. And thank you, God, for your grace. Um, whatever mistakes I've made in life and ministry, it's just it's just whatever. I, I don't mean to belittle that because my mistakes hurt people. 
but there's still something that's so much higher than all of that mm -hmm. that I can't just dwell on my failures or you know trying to figure out what's right or wrong it's just the grace of God in my life thank you Lord that I love you and I know to desire you more than anything on this earth and you've given me a clarity and so as I was praying for revival for people I'm just saying Lord you did something in my heart 40 years ago or whenever you did it and it lasted it truly was a revival a continuous thing and so often when I when I picture like a crusade or whatever, and people coming forward in my head, I, it, there's just like, I wonder how many of these are going to last, mm -hmm. right? Until a temptation, a boyfriend or girlfriend, or until you get in a fight with someone in the church, until some Christian figure lets you down, until whatever pain, it's just, I don't see a lot of lasting yeah. um, revival. And I was just thanking God, going, Lord, like you guys were saying, I need you, God. I've seen too many people just lose their love for you. But there's something you've done in my life, and I'm just asking you to keep it going for the rest of my life. I want you to stay at the top by a long shot. Yes. And thank you for giving me that understanding in my heart and now just carry that on in my life yeah. until this this time is over yeah. mm -hmm. what do you think it is um, when you think about this generation and um, what do you think is the thing that stops people going all in because I mm. we were talking about this that we feel like we see a lot of people like try it out but mm. there's never that full <laughs> full yeah. impact yeah. Like almost like a, um, yeah, you dip your toe in, but then you don't really yeah. ever give it a shot. And then you deconvert, which sounds like such a kind of um, mm. technical intellectual thing. When I hear that word, I think that doesn't sound like you're saying mm. you're leaving a relationship. That sounds like you're giving up a list of like yes. prescriptive beliefs. And I'm like, yeah. if that's what it was to you, mm. that's no wonder that's, that's different, you know? So yeah. what is it that stops mm. people committing? Mm. Um, I'm so thankful that, when I first heard the gospel, someone really explained to me that Jesus was only interested in being the Lord of my life. Yeah. Every aspect of, of who I was, mm -hmm. he was everything. And so it required a commitment of everything from me. And I think one of the things that breaks my heart most is, is when I see people who, who are trying to sort of partially commit to Jesus and then assessing, oh, this obviously isn't real or doesn't work. Mm -hmm. When when Jesus is interested in in marriage with us, and so there's mm -hmm. not, you can't be part in. You 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 mm -hmm. are or you're not. And and then even when you are, you know, if, if you if you try and do marriage in a half committed way, mm -hmm. you would have been much better off never stepping into it. You know, that's going to be really destructive and and unhealthy. And I feel like you know. We, Joe, you mentioned kind of the culture. I think we're I think we're a culture of upgrades. You know, we we think incrementally. You know, I I had the iPhone 11. Now I can get the 12. Now I can get mm -hmm. the 14. And, and I think sometimes we we think of our of faith that way. Mm 
mm. almost like a like a dimmer switch on a light. It's like well, I'll just that didn't quite work. Let me let me try and up my commitment just a little bit, or let me mm. let me up my investment just you know just a little bit. And I my experience has been that that. Jesus is not interested in that. He gave his whole self for us, and he's inviting us to give our whole selves for him. Of course, sanctification is then a process. You wrestle, just as in marriage, you wrestle forward in that relationship. But the commitment to the relationship is I'm I'm giving everything. And it just it breaks my heart when people never take that step and then feel disillusioned by Jesus or by the church or by whatever it is that they've never actually tasted and seen that the Lord is good and never actually taken taking that step and 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 we we sort of diversify our I've been doing some ministry with business leaders and I've been thinking about this idea of, of how you diversify your portfolio mm-hmm. like you diversify your investments you don't want to mm-hmm. stake too much on one mm-hmm. thing you know so I'll I'll stake a bit on God here but if that if I happen to be wrong about that or if that doesn't really work mm-hmm. out let me also mm-hmm. stake some on mm-hmm. money and some on my other relationships and some on how I look and some on what other people think of me mm-hmm. and and it doesn't work it's not what mm. it's not what god is is asking for he's asking mm. for that and it's what and it's the way the bible talks about it and it's what paul says you know that question if if jesus wasn't who he claimed to be you know would you be okay and i think a lot of people think yeah i'd be okay my my life would just be slightly different slightly mm. worse mm. But Paul's saying, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, I am the most pitied of all people. It's all been futile. It's all for nothing. Everything I was, I count for a loss. I consider it garbage for the sake of knowing Christ. Like Jesus was, you know, he didn't get an upgrade in his life. He died to his old life and he was born again into a new life. There was nothing to go to go back to. That's what we're being invited into. But I feel like like culturally, there's this sense of maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I can add Jesus on, maybe I can upgrade a little bit if it's not working yeah. and kind of commit yeah. a little bit more. But it really is Jesus gave everything and he's inviting us to give everything. And that's when there's the fullness of life. That really is what Jesus tells his disciples. Like you really can't be my disciple part way. Yes, It's not going to work. Because I have no need for that. Because that's like salt without flavor. I, what do I do with it? I can't even throw it on manure. It would ruin manure. Like it's, he's he's all or nothing. You understand who he is, and he, he comes as the Lord of your life, or he doesn't come at all. And and I think there's a, the added um, amount of distractions, like the enemy. Is using people in the world to create such clever distractions, such, mm. you know, like, let me go look at that for, let me look at that rather than, you know, biblically, God, this is all I ask. I just want to sit at the temple and stare at your beauty just to gaze at you. And, but there is something of that miracle that I just pray for people because it, it's initiated by God. That's yes. the Ephesians prayer that he would give them the strength and he'd give them the wisdom and revelation. It's like mm-hmm. to get it. I can't get mad at people because they don't get it. Yes. I can't get I just have to sit and go, God, why have you made this so clear to me? Like your grace, you've made it so clear to me. 
there's there's nothing else worth living for. Like there's not, a, that's even a silly statement because there's nothing even close. I don't, I don't even know how to describe you. And so can you put that, whatever's in me, into these people that I care about? Um, but I think there's a responsibility on our parts too that sometimes we don't spend enough time talking about this. Yes. And so then we get labeled for something else and maybe rightfully so, because it's what we've chosen to talk about. Mm. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.